Hey, Pie Tribe, buckle up for a new episode of the Passive Income Examiner, the number one podcast for budding entrepreneurs and business owners looking to diversify their income with passive strategies. Welcome to season two, focused on building successful online businesses with evergreen marketing solutions. I'm your host, Lindsay Sutherland. Thanks for joining me. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Passive Income Examiner. I'm so grateful you're here today. We have another awesome guest. Of course, I I work hard to bring you guys top-notch people to listen to. And today's episode, I feel, is going to be life-changing. I want to introduce you to my friend here, E.A. Solkovitz. E.A., thank you so much for joining us. And Lindsay, thank you for so much for having me on uh, your great podcast and and. You know, the, your listening audience of you, as you've described to me, is such a, a great swath of people who are doing things in their own way to contribute more to the world and, and to make their lives more exceptional. So uh, it's such an honor to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's truly a pleasure. Would you do me a favor and introduce yourself? Kind of tell us a little bit about you and kind of how you got where you are today. I'd be happy to. Um First of all, I, I should warn your listeners, I never say anything in 10 minutes if I can say it in 20. So they should. <laughs> so they're forewarned, forewarned. Uh, actually, what I'd like to do, which, which would be great, because it, it's germane to, I think, you know, the topic we want to get into and some of the things with entrepreneurs and businesses and thought processes and how those things sort of mold us going forward and in, in ultimately what became, you know, as we label the giver's mindset. Um, if I could go back in time, I'd, I'd love to be able to share a couple of stories with your listeners that were impactful, that I hope will be impactful to them as well. Um, my, my background, basically, I'm son of a milkman. I was born in Chicago, a suburb of Chicago, a place called Oak Brook area. And uh, um, my father had a, uh, it was a distributorship, uh, really, wasn't really a distributorship back then. It was just a route for a company called Twin Oaks. It was a dairy, right? And there was a milkman. He was a milkman. It was a one-man operation. And back then, uh, Lindsay, milk came in glass gallons, and there was a box outside the house that ha- that was the milkman's box. Everyone knew that gray box was the. And you know what was amazing? Shows you different times. Uh, there was always money in the box, and no one ever touched it. No, that was the milkman money. I mean, it was just you know, it was extraordinary. I, there was not one single time where that money was ever missing or wasn't there that was supposed to be there. So, at five years old, my only experience with, you know, having your own business, so to speak, was just this one man operation my father had running his route delivering milk, right? At the ripe old age of, and so five years old, I would help him. Uh, And then from there at the ripe old age of 16, I took my first step into becoming successful and starting out on my own. And I became a janitor. Now, I didn't mind doing that, Lindsay, because business was always picking up. What? Anyway, so the... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so yeah yeah so a little, little bit of punishment there anyway so uh so as at the right but there as a janitor there was two really interesting things that happened that i want to share with your listeners because it will have a profound impact i believe on their thought processes that begin to manifest themselves as they have their own businesses so at 16 years old i was able to be bonded which means insured so I could go in expensive places. So if my buffer while I was cleaning went crazy, hitting some piece of equipment, the insurance company would cover it. Because of that, I was able to be in a home and I cleaned this home every single Wednesday. It was a million dollar home of a lady called June Martino. That was her name. 
Now, it won't mean anything to you and your listeners unless they've seen the movie I'm about ready to reference. There was a movie out within the last couple of years, still on streaming and probably will be for a good time. It's called The Founder. It's with uh, Michael Keaton and uh, he plays Ray Kroc and it's all about McDonald's, right? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and it was out for some time and, and it's still available. Well, in, in, the, in, in the movie, of course, Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc and it's very Hollywoodized and dramaized that, you know, that's drama Hollywood, right? However, outside his office, Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc is constantly talking to a lady, June, 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 this, and he always has this conversation with June. That's the lady whose house I cleaned. Ah. June Martino. That was her, right? So here I am at 16 years old and you know I, I lived in Oak Brook area. So I watched the McDonald's phenomenon in my life. I'm 65 years old today. So I saw I saw the whole experience. You know, I lived it literally. And McDonald's was where the world headquarters was for McDonald's. So, you know, even more so. And so everyone knew who June Martino was. And one of the things that was so astonishing to me that I was so wrong about was that I always thought till I met her that to be really successful and rich in business, you had to be a jerk. You had to take advantage of people. You had to be me too oriented. You had to be only and ever only about the money. And you have to be the first person that steps up to say it's only business. I was so wrong. I could not have been more wrong. And here I am seeing this lady. I'm in there every Wednesday. Very approachable. Very, very nice. Never condescending. She had maids and butlers, full-time people. Always said hi to me, even if I was looking down buffing and didn't see her yet. She was, I mean, very, very nice. And I thought, man, how is this? This is, this is crazy. She's worth more zeros than I have on my fingers and toes. And she's so approachable and she's so nice. And man, this doesn't, this isn't what I always thought it was going to be. And here I am pulling the Rolls Royce out of the garage three times in one day so I could sweep it three times, but more importantly, sit in the car worth 10 times my life income, right? <laughs> you know, Rolls Royce, yeah. Here I am, you know, my car was a Rolls Canardly, you know, rolls down <laughs> one hill can hardly make it up the next, you know? Yeah. So, was, <laughs> so, here, so here's this lady and I realize, Lindsay, she doesn't have any superpowers. She's not this amazing alien that just sort of landed on planet Earth or something. All those things I thought were wrong. And I thought, wow, you really can be happy and you really can be rich. And so there was a time to, to sort of finish up the story with her where I could tell she was in an extra good mood. So I thought, man, this is it. So yours truly, snot-nosed 16-year-old kid, musters up all of his courage and goes up because I'm going to talk to June Martino She's the icon of the area. Everyone knows who June is, right? So I went up to her and I said, hi, June. She's hi. Very approachable, very kind kind of person. You could tell she was just kind. It was written all over it, right? And, uh, and I said, uh, can I ask you a question? She said, sure. And I said, uh, could you tell me about it? She said, well, what? And I said, well, the whole McDonald's thing. I'm not kidding, Lindsay. She put her arm around me, brought me in the kitchen. I'd asked her in the morning the entire day told me the entire story about where she worked for Ray before he even met the McDonald's brothers. He was a milkshake mixer salesman. She worked for him then, right? So wow. she, tells me the, she tells me the whole story all the way through up to the moment we're sitting in the kitchen, everything, right? And I mean, literally the entire day, she has the maids and butlers bringing us food so she can keep telling me the story. And I keep thinking, man, is there someone else in here? I, you know, <laughs> she's telling me this story and this is the June Martino. 
So she's, there's a part in the movie. Did you catch the movie by any chance yet? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I don't watch a lot of TV. All right. It's a good, if you ever get the chance, it's, it's certainly worthwhile. And for your listeners who've seen it, they'll remember a part in the movie that's referenced. And again, the movie's very Hollywoodized. Ray really wasn't like that. It was, you know, Hollywood drama. Uh, however, there's a time in the movie where June Martino goes to Ray and says, Ray Kroc, we didn't have any money. You know, you're getting less than 2% royalty. More money's going out than coming in. There's nothing left. There's no, no, no money anywhere. So they made an agreement that he would not pay her any money because there wasn't any anyway. And he gave her worthless company stock. I mean, worth less than zero company stock. And he agreed to take all the bill collector phone calls so no one would dun her on the phone and she wouldn't be aggravated from that, right? That was the deal. So I asked her, I said, June, I'm a janitor. I live Friday to Friday, which is paycheck to paycheck. If I don't get paid on Friday, I'm not showing on Saturday. I need that paycheck. Why did you do it? And you know, Lindsay, I could tell, I just asked her a question no one else had ever asked her before. Everyone always wanted to know what happened with McDonald's, but no one ever wanted to know why. So I just asked her, why'd you do it? And she stared at me with this blank look on her face for about 10 seconds, which seemed about a year. And, you know, well, she's staring right at me, but I can tell she just left. She's not home. And I'm trying to think, you know, where should I be looking? Do, 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 do. You know, like, oh, she stared at me, right? And I like, right, exactly right. That is the word. And I'm thinking, who do, 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 do. And uh, she said, and, and then she answered, and I'll never forget not only what she said, but the way she said it, because Lindsay had made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. When I said, why did you do it? Why did you work for nothing? She said, because I believed in Ray. And my first thought, Lindsay, it was instant. My very first thought, what she said it was, that's it. That's what I need. I need a Ray Kroc. This episode is brought to you by Kajabi, the platform with a full suite of world-class online business tools working seamlessly together. I've been using Kajabi now for nearly a year, and I'm absolutely in love with this program. Prior to Kajabi, I was experimenting with other platforms, and so many of them were not user-friendly. They were difficult to get online pages to sync up with the cart, or getting opt-ins and emails to be easily set up. I was beginning to dread the time it was going to take to set up a simple landing page. Honestly, I can say that since working with Kajabi, I have been extremely happy. I can't imagine leaving for any reason at this point, mainly because it saves me so much time and it doesn't give me a headache. Listen, I consider myself pretty tech savvy for the most part, but that doesn't mean that I want to be a tech genius every time I want to put together an offer. Kajabi makes it so simple to create online products and it gives me the tools I need so my marketing is synchronized. I really can't say enough great things about Kajabi. If you click the link in the description, you will get a free 30-day trial with Kajabi on behalf of the Passive Income Examiner. So be sure to check out the description. Now back to the show. I need someone that can put me under their wing. I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know the questions I should ask. I don't know anything about what I'm doing. I just know I want to be rich and happy. Not realizing, not realizing even then I had it backwards. We're supposed to be happy first and then rich, right? Right. Uh, but at 16 years old, I'm all about the money, right? You know what I mean? I just want to get on with it. And here she is, you know, mega rich with zeros that I'm not able to count my fingers and toes. So I thought, I need a Ray Kroc. 
The next thing I did was so critical because as I witnessed, people really live like this. I witnessed, it's okay, she bought homes for all of her sons and they had Ferraris and all these things and I cleaned the three homes of her sons too. So I saw all the, you know, quote unquote, that you would call toys, right? As a 16 year old would be glazed over looking at. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm playing with them because a lot of times they weren't home. So then they became my toys, <laughs> you know, because uh, you know it, when air hockey came out, they had one of the first games and now it's like, you know, give me a yawn. But back then it was like incredible. So I'm thinking people really live like that. That's Lindsay had a big impact on my belief system because I realized number one, it really was possible. It wasn't something that was way out there that was unattainable by a person who seemed very ordinary in nature. And what could be more ordinary than the son of a milkman burnt out janitor, right? So that had an impact on my belief that, wow, it really can happen to someone who's nice and wants to be happy too. Significant point in my life. The next thing I did, I stumbled across the right thing. And when I say I stumbled across it, Lindsay, it, it was ignorant on my part. And I just happened to have done the right thing. I asked a question. And the question I asked, as I just threw it out there, my meeting with, you know, June was over and what an incredible blessing that was to just hear all of us and to hear the things, you know, decades before the movie ever even came out, you know, from the person who was there every step of the way. Right. So I asked this question out there. I just threw it out there, Lindsay. Where's my Ray Kroc? That was it. Now, I learned as a result of that, two or three months later, at that same janitorial service, it was in Addison, Illinois. My boss's name was Jerry and janitorial service. And he was a friend of the family. So one night we were there a little later, I'm just talking with him. You know, I had already punched out, you, you know, when, when you use a time clock and you're punching out, you feel like you want to punch out because you hate what you do. You know, and, you know my fun time <laughs> yeah. as a janitor, getting free songs on a jukebox at two in the morning while I'm cleaning bowling alleys, you know, so <laughs> here I am, you know, this is good. So here, so I'm talking with the, with the owner and the phone rings. It's at night, right? And uh, he hangs up the phone a few minutes later. He says, well, some guy's in from Detroit and uh, he's opening a diamond store and he needs some carpeting and uh, he's leaving tomorrow on a plane going back to Detroit, needs to see it tonight. I said, okay, uh, what's that got to do with me? He said, I need you to go. I said, no, I'm not going. First time I said, no, we're going to count here. First time I said, no, I said, I'm not going. I already punched out. I've been cleaning all day. I'm tired. I mean, you know, I'm, he said, I need you to go. You have to show him the carpeting. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. Second time I said, no, I don't know anything about carpeting. He said, well, I'll give you a wheel and you walk this way and this way and call me on the phone. I'll ask him. I said, Jerry, I'm not going. Third time I said, no. Then he says, I'll tell you what, if you go, I'll give you your pick of any Saturday off you want. Now for a janitor, that's a huge negotiation chip because we work and businesses are closed. So right. Saturday morning to night, we're cleaning, right? We're buffing and cleaning and cleaning ashtrays. And, you know, back then smoking was, you know, in all the offices. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, so, you know, so it was a big thing that Saturday. So I repeated it back to make sure he wasn't tricking me. I said, any Saturday I went <laughs> on? And he said, any Saturday. <sighs> okay. So I get in the car, setting the stage for your listeners, Lindsay. I don't want to go. Mentally, I'm fatigued. Physically, 
I'm exhausted. I've been cleaning all day long. And I'm not doing this as a favor for my boss. I don't even know who this guy is I'm meeting. Who cares about that? I'm doing it for, there's only one reason I'm doing it. Guess what that is? Get a day day off. off. (laughs) Exactly right. It's the only reason I'm doing this. Little do I know, I'm about ready to meet the man that will change the trajectory of my life forever, my Ray Kroc. And when I met him, there was an amazing, immediate, inexplicable, besides Edge couldn't even explain it. It was inexplicable, (laughs) the kind of comfort level. We could, have you ever met someone where you just, you're so comfortable as soon as you meet anything, man, I just like to talk to this person about anything. And we did for a couple hours. You know, we sat there in his, you know, where he was opening the store in Berkeley, Illinois, another suburb of Chicago. Chicago has a lot of suburbs. And uh, so, and the carpeting was a no-go. He wanted something really plush. It's a diamond store, right? And, 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 you know, we just had commercial office stuff. So that, you know, there was nothing for me to even show him. So we're talking and, 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 and at the end of the conversation, and we're now we're in the middle of nighttime and I, I'm leaving, packing up, putting samples in the car and he offers me a job. Wow. And I said, uh, and I said, nah, I, again, I say, no, I said, no, I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm all set as a janitor. Right. And, and I don't know anything about diamonds. All I know is number one, they're expensive. And number two, some woman someday is going to probably ask me for one. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all I know, right? And he said, well, I'll teach you. And I said, no, again. And as I was walking out the door, he hooked me. I didn't know at that point, I found out years later, that he really was, Lindsay, a genius in the truest sense of the word, not the IQ baloney, but I mean, the humanics of people, human engineering, the ability to spot someone and listen and really get your head around another person. And he had me pegged. He knew what would do it. So as I was leaving, he hit me and he said, what do you have to lose? You could always go back being a janitor. And I said, no, I'm all set. People can always make a mess and I can always clean it up. And I left. I don't even know how many times I've said no now, right? Half a dozen times. I'm driving in the car. It's aggravating me. He knew that would grind me. You know, he's right. What do I have to lose? I can always go back being a jet. People are always going to make a mess. I can always clean it up. You know what? I'm going to find out exactly what he has in mind. So now, Lindsay, it's almost midnight. I turned the car around after getting halfway home. And I thought, oh, he's probably gone. He's you know leaving in the morning, going back to Detroit. He's still there. He's at the office. So we start talking. And and, and of course he hires me. And, and then from there, for the next four months, I got in the car every Friday night, Saturday morning at four in the morning, which is you know four in the morning, Saturday morning, really. Drove 301 miles. I still remember the distance. All the way to from Chicago to Detroit. Had a six hour meeting with them. Got back in the car and drove all the way back home the same day. Did that every single weekend for four months in a row and never missed a weekend. Wow. Now, I share those stories with your listeners for the following summations. Number one, the importance of asking the right question. As a business owner, one of the biggest challenges I see, and I have seen business owners do, Lindsay, people working independently, is they are asking themselves the wrong question 
and they constantly get the wrong answer. And not only that, they're surprised when they get the wrong answer, when they're the one that perpetuated the answer in the beginning. So my business owner taught me, my business mentor, this Sam Robbins I've spoke of here. When I said, where's my mentor? I didn't know I was throwing out the right question. I didn't say, I'll never meet someone like that. Or how come I'm never meeting my mentor? See, because it's an important part for your business, your listeners, is that our lives genuinely become self-fulfilling prophecies. And my business mentor taught me, Lindsay, don't worry or focus on the answers. Forget about them. The answers are there already. They're all there. He said, learn to ask the right questions. Focus on the right questions. And then you'll always get the right answer. If you ask the wrong question, you can expect the wrong answer. So don't be surprised when you get the wrong answer. So when things don't work, you know, business owner, how come I never have more customers? Guess what? Here comes the answer. You don't have any customers. <laughs> you know, I oh, mean, yeah. and, 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 and what happens is they, and, and what happens is business owners don't realize the importance of asking the right question. What, instead of saying, you know, how come I don't have enough customers, which then so self-fulfills itself into not having any customers when they could actually have said by reframing the situation and said, what can I do that I'm not doing that can help me bring in more customers? Yes. See, now that's going to help them explore. Same scenario. I'm just reframing it, relabeling it. So my business mentor taught me. And the other thing was be willing to persist. I didn't know at that time for those four months of driving, my business mentor was testing me. Would I do it? Would I go the extra mile? Would I do what everyone else, you know, what what they're not willing to do? And subsequently, when I was 19 years old, Uh, I asked him finally one day, because we had gotten to know each other well. And I said, Sam, will you teach me everything? Teach me it all. Don't hold back. I want to know. I don't even know what I need to know. Tell me, teach me all of it. And he said, okay, I will teach you. He said, but I want one thing from you. Now, I want to let you know, Lindsay, whatever he said next, I was going to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was in 100% yes mode, right? So, and he said, this is what I want from you. When the time is right, and you will know that time, I want you to teach as many other people everything I've taught you. So at the ripe old age of 19, I made a vow. I made an oath. I made a commitment to my mentor, who I believe even now is looking on, knowing that I'm fulfilling my oath, and that has manifested itself into what we now call Givers University. So I share with your listeners, number one, part of the mindset is really believing it can happen to you. There's a difference between believing and just wishing. And the wishing thing is, you know, the old Sears wish book that used to come out years ago. And, you know, they called it the Sears wish book, you know, then you go through page by page of all the toys you might be able to get, right? And, uh, you know, people are wondering what happened to Sears and I'm still wondering what happened to Roebuck. Anyway, so the, uh, <laughs> your older listeners would totally understand that joke, right? So the, because uh, also I was Sears and I go, where's Roebuck? Anyway, so the, uh, so, uh, so the wish book is very significantly different. And June Martino had an impact on my belief system. See, I believed by watching her that these things were real. They weren't just this netherly thing that I had not experienced. I was experiencing them. And then the importance of getting a mentor. 
learning from someone else, model someone, be discerning as to who they are. But when, once you get them, be like a sponge and learn all the things. Don't go at it in business thinking you, we know it all because that's the fastest way to not make it. And uh, so we modify that mindset to say, I recognize I need to learn. What else can I learn? What else is that person doing over there that's giving them more success than I am? What can I learn that they're doing that I'm not yet that I can learn? See, that again, the questions, always asking the right question and then those right things start to manifest themselves. So those two things, those two stories really about how I met my business mentor in June had a profound impact on my life going forward and uh, you know, being very, very blessed in my lifetime uh, because of my business successes as a, as a direct result of that. And I'll share with you one last, uh, just sort of a, a side note. Um, the first time, and, I, and what I'm about ready to say is not to be braggadocious with your listeners, it really genuinely is not. The first time I earned a million dollars in one year, and that's not business income, that's take-home pay. After I paid taxes, I had a million dollars left in my pocket in 12 months. That all happened because of one of the things my business mentor said. And he said, do you know earning a million dollars in one year will be one of the easiest things you ever do? And I said, really? And he said, yeah. He said, you know what's the hardest thing? I said, what? He said, believing you're worth it. He said, that's the thing. You've got to believe that you're worth it and be willing to enjoy the price. And as you go through life with your mindset, he said, get rid of the word failure. Because I'm sure many of your listeners, Lindsay, use the word failure. And say, oh, that, that project was a failure and that thing was a My business mentor said, get rid of that word. Re take it out of your vernacular forever and replace it with temporary defeat. He said, there's a big difference. Eternal, he said, failure has an eternal ring to it. It sort of seems, seems to hang in the air forever. He said, a temporary defeat. Now we're labeling it as something different. And we're saying, number one, it's temporary. That helps us know we can move past it. And it's a defeat. It's not a failure. He said, think of it like you just got tackled on the football field. And when you stand up, you're going to realize you just got a first down. You're not out of the game. You're still in the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I said, don't throw yourself out of the game by calling it a failure. You're tossing yourself out. He said, don't do it. Everything's a temporary defeat. And as a business owner, everyone, every one of your listeners are going to have temporary defeats. And as a result of that, the more they label it a temporary defeat instead of a failure, the more they're going to be able to get past it. And the next part is really critical in my learning from my business mentor. He said, Every adversity, not some, not a few of them, every single adversity carries with it the seed of an equal or greater benefit. I say that again because it's so critical in owning your own business, being a, a self-employed person, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, being an affiliate kind of person where you're, you're helping other people build their business, many of the kinds of people that are your listeners. Every adversity carries with the seed of an equal or a greater benefit. Now, here's the thing that'll bake the noodle of many of your listeners. When we really understand what temporary defeat means in our life, we begin to even embrace it and welcome it because of the stepping stones 
that will manifest and unveil themselves in front of us that will help us succeed and reach our goals. The fear that is so crippling, the fear, false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, those things hold us back. And because of the fear of failure. <clears throat> so if we have no more failure, number one, we have to fear it anymore, right? Fear is gone because now it's, it, now it's a temporary defeat. And when we understand that there, that seed is inside there of that greater benefit, we know now when we see that temporary defeat in front of us, that challenge, the seed is in there, the seed I need and that I've been looking for. And that's going to help me progress and get on my next step up on my success journey. So that's a part of really critical thinking as it relates to owning your own business, being self-employed, and also developing a great passive income. Uh, you know, I, I love the name of your podcast. I mean, it, you know, that, you know, that we people misunderstand the difference between collecting money and earning money. There's a huge difference between those two and people don't, no one teaches what we call the law, we call the Givers University law of compensation. What is compensation? How does compensation work? And compensation is not necessarily money. And the difference between collecting money, my janitor mentality of collecting it every Friday, as opposed to earning money, which is the business owner who's willing to go the extra mile and do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I can share with you that when I had my radio talk show, I interviewed 1,000 millionaires in two years. A thousand millionaires. And do you know every one of them, Lindsay, had a time in their life when everything and everyone told them to stop and don't do it. A couple of them even didn't even know each other, but used even the same words when they said the following thing to me. They said, you know what? I took the next step just out of curiosity to see what else could go wrong. <laughs> you know, it seems like I had hit every possible go wrong thing that could happen. And I was just curious, was there anything I missed? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they said it was, and, and it was extraordinary. And they said, when they took that next step, when everything and everyone said, don't do it, all of a sudden it was like temporary defeat took a hiatus and went in to goof up someone else's life and exited their life. And now things almost came together. They said almost weirdly effortlessly, you know, it was, just, it, it was like that last time they were at bat, they hit the ball out of the park when there was nothing left in them. They still have to run around the bases, but now they get to walk around. They don't have to run at full blast and maybe get called out. And I share with your listeners, these are things we're sharing because they're things that separate givers from takers. And these are lessons that I think are critical for people that have been blessed to learn these. I didn't make these up. I didn't make up any of these. They were taught to me. So with your listeners, ask the right questions. You'll get the right answers all the time. Get a mentor because someone that can help guide you have multiple mentors right now. Lindsay's a great mentor for you because with her passive income examiner podcast, that's mentoring. Listen to her podcast. She's bringing you great opportunities to learn from people who have been there and have scars up and down their shins from all of their mistakes and temporary defeats, including yours truly. You know, 
I just wonder if I need longer legs. For, <laughs> you know, and, but all these things are great blessings when we begin to realize that they really are. So I, I, I share those stories and in, in, in hope and pray that they, they help your listeners and impact them. And then if I may, I'd like to discuss a little bit about givers and takers and what the giver's mindset is. May I do that, Lindsay? Absolutely. And I just will add that you've already impressed me and I, and I don't mean impressed me, wowed me. I mean, I'm speechless, which doesn't happen often, by the way. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can relate. (laughs) I've read so many stories. I mean, I've been uh, a believer in self-help. I mean, one of my very first books that transitioned my life was the autobiography of Lee Iacocca. My grandmother gave it to me when I was in high school. Awesome. And I read it and I thought, wow, if he can do that, I could do that. So I got a job in the automotive industry. That's, Mm. that's how I started my career thinking I was going to be like Lee Iacocca. And, you know, for years I um, didn't, I, I regretted the decision getting into the car business, but later I started realizing that I got paid to be educated. I learned so much through that. And because of my ambition, I got to experience every department in a dealership. So I learned marketing, sales, business, management, service, sales, all of it. I just learned it all because I was eager to learn Mm -hmm. and met people along the way. But all through my life, I've continued to read and, you know, look for this mentorship that you see you're speaking of, you know, finding a mentorship, but usually through books. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of meeting somebody who's taken me in under their wing or taught me anything like that. Um, it's just, I just keep seeking the information through whatever resource I can get it. Uh, and that's kind of part of why I wanted to start the podcast. I don't know if you heard the episode where I talked about my right. why, but um, it was mainly to meet people along the way and learn from them because I understand the value of that, of that education. I also understand the value of sharing that wisdom. And the, you know, look at how many people were impacted because one person took time to share with you their experience and then you, and then you shared it with how many countless people. And that's truly what I believe humanity is all about. So thank you. So well said. So you're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, to share a little bit, uh, an important part of business also um, along with that is I know that and you've learned this lesson and oh I bet you intuitively plus your experiences if someone was to ask well what do you teach in Givers University <clears throat> well we teach people first of all I mentioned digress I mentioned all your listeners we love everybody we love everybody I say that emphatically and we teach people how to separate the person we love from their deeds, which we may not love. And from observing the actual deeds, the things people actually do, what they do, what to look at and look for in their deeds, we are then able to teach people to do something that we call discern. And that discernment is as follows. How do we decide who we want to have in our life? Uh, you know, it's like uh, I was talking with a guy a couple of days ago and he said, you know, this is great stuff. And I just read this book and it said, uh, you know, we need to have five good people around us. And I said, you're absolutely right. We do. Which five? 
And it was a blank look on his face because I could tell. I just asked him a question. I said, do you see my point? Today, we have businesses opening and closing faster than ever before in history. We have products and services being antiquated overnight by other new products and services. What do we have left? Our relationships. And no one's teaching us how to discern those relationships, what to look for so that when we see these certain deeds, we can now begin to discern and say, you know what, because of these things I'm seeing, and these are the things I should be looking for. I should now, I can now bring this person closer into my life because I want them to be a part of my giver community and givers always bring with them the three W's of a giver, wisdom, wealth, and wellness. So I want to bring these people in closer. By contrast, because of these deeds I'm seeing, I want to begin respectfully distancing myself from this person. Not rude or nasty or insensitive, just respectfully distancing myself because as a taker, they're going to bring with them the three Ds of a taker, which is defeatism, disruption, and destruction. And when I bring them into my life, I'm going to be stamping out fires that are not of my making. So I ask your listeners, think about the fires that you stomp out each day. Think about the times when your stress level spikes and goes straight to the roof. Think about the times you just completed a conversation. You can no longer even remember what you talked about, but you do know one thing's for sure. They just took all your energy from you. You have none left. All those things, Lindsay, have one thing in common. They all have a name attached to them. And no one's teaching us how to discern and what should we look for. In fact, I promise you, from, you know, I do one to three interviews a day. And I can share with you, no one's teaching this. And I get that feedback constantly. I say, this is really good stuff. We need to learn this. You know, I'm a self-improvement person. I know you are, and I know many of your listeners are. I'm a self-improvement geek. I love it, right? But no one, Lindsay, is teaching us, how about the other guy? What if he's not doing it right? What should I do about that? So what happens is as entrepreneurs and business owners, and I know this is going to ring true with many of your listeners, they have people now around them and they see the owner now sees themselves stomping out fires that are not of their own making. And when they're stomping out a fire, or putting out a fire, what happens to their productivity? It goes down. Yep. Because they're not being productive. They're putting out a fire that's not their own making. What happens when their stress level goes up? Wouldn't we rather have lower stress levels? Well, if we have the right people around us and we've surrounded ourselves with the right people, each of us having our own giver community. Now we help each other reduce our stress. And now we're also, as far as energy, we're with people that are energy gainers. They're giving us energy and we're giving it back to them as opposed to feeling someone just you know, hooked up their cables to me and I have no more energy left. They just took it off from my battery. So we teach how to discern through our, we have a three course series. It's called Give to Be Great. And it's about the giver's mindset. The first course is called the giver's mindset. Givers think differently than takers. And by the way, when I use the term giver, Lindsay, I'm not labeling a person. I'm labeling their deeds, the deeds of that person. When I say taker, I'm not labeling the person. I'm labeling the deeds of that person. So in the giver's mindset, we identify, in fact, we're going to give a couple of gifts, free downloads to some of your listeners as usable tools they can use right away to help in their discernment of who, what should they be looking for? So many, you know, trainings, and I love trainings, but so many of them get these broad swaths of innocuous, nebulous information 
that sounds so good. And when you're all done, you go, okay, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, no, that's what I was no, telling what do you I do about, with it? Yeah. That's, that's so common that even in self-help uh, books, you see a lot of the what and the why and this pump you up stuff, but not the how. And that's, what's so intriguing. You know, we're, we're almost, we're in the last 15 minutes here of our podcast and you're coming to a place where the question is burning question that I have for you, because I think so many people who are transitioning in life are faced with this moment where they're getting into their business with a giver's mindset, with the intention of having that giver's mindset. But in so often bills come up, things are happening. The business requires money, especially when it's just taking off and you know, you're, you're a solopreneur and you're just, hustling away, trying to do everything you can to make that happen. And the next thing you know, you're consumed with the, the, the focus is on getting dollars and it becomes a, oh, I need to be a better salesperson, which we all know can sometimes turn into um, not even talking about really the other person, except with an ulterior motive in some ways. And then you get sucked into this trap of, it's all about the dollar. I've got to get the dollar. I've got to make these connections. I've got to sell, sell, sell because you're fearful because now you're in transitioned from feeling comfortable to feeling fearful and lack. And therefore your focus is on that. So I would love it if we could wrap up with maybe a couple of how to tips that people can implement when they're transitioning to help them stay focused on that giving mindset, because I believe, and I know you probably do too, that when we open ourselves, we're like a channel, we're like a conduit. When we open ourselves to give, we are also staying open to receive. Absolutely. Um, And be happy to do that. Uh, The first thing I'd like to mention uh, in answer to your question is one of the things, again, my business mentor taught me, he said, when you are a giver, people will take advantage of you And he said, and here's the next part no one ever gets. So I repeat from the beginning, when you're a giver, people will take advantage of you, but you are never diminished because they did. He said, now here's what's really important. He said, in life, and he's teaching me this, right? He said, there's the scale of services and rewards, the giving and the receiving, Right. He said, and on one side, and he said, this scale is very unusual in that it constantly strives to be in balance. It does not, it will not be out of balance for long. He said, so in life, what you want to do is the giving side of the scale, you want to load that up as furiously and fast and as in many ways as you possibly can. Because when the scale balances itself out, which it is forced to do, you will receive a hundredfold of what everyone else is who's afraid to give because they're saying, oh, the person's going to take advantage of me. They're going to abuse me. And this fear holds them back. So he said, remember, when you're a giver, people will take advantage of you. Expect it. He said, don't be surprised. Expect it. But you're never diminished because they took advantage of you. They're diminished. And he said, and you will get back from you because of that scale I mentioned from another person from another business, from another event, you will get back what you gave. He said, so focus, don't focus on the receiving part. That'll take care of itself, it always does. He said, load up the giving part of the scale and know. And he said, and also there will be times in your life when financially things are very lean. 
He said, remember, you will never have a money problem in your life. And I said, wow, that's a bold thing to say. I'm never going to have a money problem. He said, no. <laughs> he said, but you will have idea problems. He said, so remember, you have the money. It's always there. The money's always around you. He said, you have an idea challenge, not a money challenge. So as a business owner, when you see all of a sudden there's the responsibilities, I've got to pay this, I've got to pay that. And they get forced, as you astutely mentioned, get sucked into, I got to have the money mode. That's where the trickery of the defeat comes in because it wants to move you off the mode you need to be on. And the mode you need to be on is invest and build and give. So, you know, we say givers gain and takers lose. And the reason for that is givers will constantly gain because when the law of compensation scale balances out, what they receive will come back. So in business mode, look for ways to benefit, look for ways to be of value, look for ways to stay on target and to constantly be reminding yourself because all of us get off the beam. You know, uh, we even have a thing where, you know, I mentioned we have the three courses and in the last course it's called Givers Lifelong Learning. We teach that when someone's a taker, they're not a taker eternally. We can change that. And we do something that's called a data reset. Data is an acronym, D-A-T-A. Declare and turn around. Declare and turn around data. So we have a data reset. We teach people how to do that so they can be more giverish <laughs> and less takerish. But remember in business, there's going to be people take advantage of you. But as you discern and you look for the actual deeds, which we're going to give you, we're going to give you some checklists free. We want you to download them. So print them off. One of the checklists is the 25 do's. These are the 25 things that people do that you should be watching. And when you look at these, and if they're on 13 on one side or the other, then you start thinking, okay, this is good. I can pull them in closer, or I should be respectfully distancing myself because they're going to hurt me. And as a business owner, your time is very valuable and you don't have time to be putting out fires that are not of your making or to become collateral damage for what someone else brought with them. So be discerning as to who you have around you and build around you over time. It doesn't happen overnight. A giver's mindset within your core and with other people who are on the same page and you will watch how you help and build each other. So we, we, we're so much on the same page, Lindsay. And, and I can share with you that your listeners probably have one challenge right now. They're probably thinking, you know, I've got a family member that's being a little takerish and I don't know how to broach it to them. Cause I, I, it has, we have to talk about it. I don't know what to say and I don't want to hurt their feelings. How am I going to do that? Well, do you know that one of the things they should do is share a podcast that's called Passive Income Examiner? And here's why. It's a third party. See, they don't, if they just simply told someone that maybe he's being a little takerish that they know, they can simply say, you know what? I heard this really thought-provoking podcast. They were covering things that I hadn't heard before and it really made me think. And I, it was interesting. Do me a favor, listen to it and let me know what you think of it. See, by your podcast, Lindsay, being a third party, it can help open their mind. And who knows, the person shared with them as a giver may have one less fire to stomp out now because that other person's mind not got open because there's an automatic self-assessment to all of these things we're sharing with observe these and others. It's built in, look in the mirror time also. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it's such a blessing to be able to share these kinds of information with your listeners and the actual things you look for, not the nebulous information that makes you feel good, 
you know, and just, you know, motivation's great. Hey, I'm motivated. I love motivation, but we have to know how to implement these things. And as a business owner, the how, how do I do this? And when you can no longer sift it down and say, how do I do that? You're there. And that's the checklist we're going to give them free. We want them to have it. Perfect. Yep. I don't know. It's on your list. Uh, one time I had a coach who, uh, who told me to donate money every day. And I worked a lot. And uh, so there were, I remember there were days where uh, sometimes it was easy because I would be out in a restaurant and I would tip a little extra or I would, you know, do something like that, walk by somebody. I always carried cash with me and I made a point, but there were a couple days where I actually hadn't met any putty or had a way of giving extra money that day. So I would, on my way home, stop into a Starbucks, walk in, drop money in the tip jar and leave. (laughs) Excellent. Just to Excellent. make it a point. And I did that. I forget how long I did that Good for, for but I ended up <clears throat> getting a promotion and a $30,000 a year raise. Yeah. And I can share with you that that was that scale. I couldn't even believe it. I mean, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, are you kidding? My boss sat me down. He said, I'm going to give you, make you an offer. You're going to have a difficult time refusing. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Try me. <laughs> <laughs> are you Mr. Corleone or something? I went- <laughs> And then he said that and I'm like, well, but they wanted me to oversee some sales stuff. And I really didn't want to. I'm like, I'll have to think about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's that saying no, right? uh, But, but here I I can share with you though, something you did that's very, very important. And, and, and we teach that we, we call it pure gives. Pure gives are giving without accepting or expecting reciprocation. And, and as your business listeners sort of in closing, the one of the things I think that's really important is they need to constantly keep themselves on the beam on the rail of being a giver and know that givers win and takers lose and that they will if they keep working and putting that scale do their best to put the scale out of balance do the giver just load up that giver side the scale takes care of itself it'll balance itself and your rewards will be a hundredfold and i share with people the difference between a first place and second place horse is a couple of tenths of of a second but the winnings are a thousand times different. I said, so it doesn't take much. It's just doing the right thing. And they should subscribe and share your podcast with others because even that's a way of giving because then someone's going to give back to them a new bit of information that's going to be impactful for them in their life because they shared with them. Yeah. And, and, and as a last point, if I may, the one there's three things my business mentor said that I should say to myself over and over again. And, and I began to do just those things to help me maintain my giver's mindset, to make sure I have the giver's lifestyle because you really can give to be great. And these were the three things he said that I repeat to myself over and over again. And I share with your listeners who are affiliates for other companies, who are entrepreneurs, who have their own business, whether it's mom and pop or small or medium or size, all of these things have to do with the mindset that will manifest itself in our actions of what we do. And these are the three things he taught me to say, which I still do even today. I will never give up. I will keep rising up. And I will always overcome. I'm writing these down. Repeating for your listeners. I will never give up. I will keep rising up. And I will always overcome. Okay. 
Very amazing. I am so grateful that we connected. And how can people connect with you? What would be a good way for them to reach out to you or connect with your organization? Just go to our website, giversuniversity.com. It's plural, giversuniversity.com. On every page, they'll see a a place to sign up for our free e-newsletter. It's absolutely free. They just put in their first name and their email address, and then they'll get a confirmation mail, you know, saying, you know, do you want this? You know, do you want to sign up here? Because we don't spam. And immediately after they do that confirmation, they'll get a download that's called um, the six arrows that takers shoot at givers. It's a great checklist for helping in discerning. A couple of days later, they're going to get a two-page checklist. That's the 25 do's, the 25 actual, these are the how-tos you talked about, Lindsay. These are the things you watch for and then begin to discern, should I pull them in closer or respectfully distancing? And when you have a small team as a small business, when someone does, those couple of people around them are even more critical that they have the right people and that they discern. And if there's takers there and they're taker deeds, they need to supplant them. And uh, we'd love to be able to share that with them and that nurtures the relationship. Um, We're givers. And, uh, you know, one of our sayings is, um, your talk talks and your walk talks, but your walk talks louder than your talk talks. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning basically our deeds talk louder than our talk. And uh, what we do is we, we like to invest. We like to help people and we like to share with them. And that's our name, Givers University. Lindsay, awesome host. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast and for your listeners. They need one of the best ways they can be a giver today is share this interview with other people, you know, and get them to follow Lindsay's mentoring uh, podcast because every one of them help. That's where she's coming from. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you. If you like mommy, so leave a review. Thank you so much for being a loyal listener. I am truly grateful for you. And if this podcast has inspired you in any way, head over to iTunes and leave a written review. I would appreciate it so much. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for helping to spread the word by sharing this show with your friends.